This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we put this NFL season to bed. And once again, it belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs went into the game as two-point underdogs, and we know how good Mahomes and the Chiefs have been as underdogs, and they proved it again today with a uh, thrilling overtime victory against uh, a gritty Niner team. Now, this game, listen, the seventh-longest game in NFL playoff history, uh, a game that had a lot of twists and turns, not a classic ball game, plenty of mistakes, on both sides, plenty of opportunities that were missed, turnovers, mistakes, penalties, etc. But one thing you know about the Chiefs is uh, when they get behind, and they did again in this game, 10 nothing, and then 10-3 at the half, they will fight back. They continue to fight back. They got a uh, very good performance from their kicker, the 57-yarder that made it 10-6 was a gutty play, a dangerous play, but a big play because it inched them closer. Then they get the turnover on the punt return, and the next thing you know, they put it in the end zone on the next play, take the lead. We go back and forth, and Mahomes comes back from behind in overtime after the uh, Niners get a field goal. Uh, and win it on a play to Hardman, who wound up back with the Chiefs and back in their good graces and then back in the end zone at the end to catch the winning touchdown uh, that meant back-to-back championships for the Chiefs the first time it's been done since the Pats. They will get a chance to win three in a row, and they have won three Super Bowls in four tries in the last five years. They have been every inch a dynasty. We talked during the week about how three men in mortality, because it means three for Andy Reid and puts him in a very special place, separates you. And it means three wins and now three MVPs for Mahomes who threw for 333 yards, made the big plays in overtime, made the big plays in the final two minutes of the game, did it with his legs, did it with his arms, hit the receivers when he had to, collected the ball, you know, got the third downs when he needed them, got the fourth down on a run when he needed it, and made the plays that had to be made and delivered his team to the promised land once again. He is a uh, amazing amazing performer who, when you look at it and realize that he has not only 
been in the AFC title game in every year of his career, but now been to four Super Bowls, won three, and been a three-time MVP at still a young age. He has a lot of football left in his career. They all won't be Super Bowl years. They all won't be like this year. But this year was a little different. And in this game today, the Chiefs at times reverted to what they had been a lot of the second half of the year, sloppy. You know, Kelsey looking like he almost went after Andy Reid. It was a bizarre look. Um, Pacheco with a big fumble. Big mistakes. Uh, big penalties. Like the penalty uh, that kept the drive alive in overtime after they got him on a three and out to start the overtime and get a holding call. They committed some bad mistakes, but they also made plays when they had to. And give the Kansas City defense credit. It bent, but it never broke. And it made plays when it had to make them. And it was always there. It was there to force a turnover. It was there to force a punt. It was there to force a field goal. Even in overtime, keeping them out of the end zone so that they'd have a chance to win the game as they did after they got the ball down and were in perfect position and put it away on a play where Mahomes looked left, drew the attention that way, and then hit Hardman, who did it in about face, in the end zone to put the game into the record books. Um, It's an amazing achievement what the Chiefs have done, what Andy Reid has done, what Mahomes has done, what Kelsey has done, what Chris Young has done. And they were all there again today doing their part. Um, I thought the Niners put a lot of pressure on Mahomes, especially in the first half, where they completely dominated the tackles and really uh, dominated the offensive line. Should have had a bigger lead, but they didn't. The Chiefs were lucky a couple of times they were in that game as much as they were, and they took advantage of that. Niners could have opened up leads at certain points in that game, but they weren't able to do it. Purdy did some good things. He didn't have a great game, but he made some plays. McCaffrey, same thing. Wasn't an unbelievable game, but when you look at it, he had 80 yards receiving on eight catches. He had 80 yards rushing, caught a touchdown pass. So responsible for 160 yards of real estate and a touchdown. It's pretty good in any back's book in a big game. Purdy overall, 23 of 38 for 255 and a touchdown. Could have been better. Definitely could have been worse. Made some plays when he had to make them. Averted some rushes when he had to. And really, I think I know the Niners are bitterly disappointed. That was the kind of game it was going to be. There was going to be a bitterly disappointed team and a very happy one. They would have loved to have been the happy one. And I'm sure it was a, a real bitter pill for McCaffrey and for Kittle and for all those guys on that team. 
and for Purdy. But Purdy established himself here. He can hold his head high. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. And he was going against the guy who already is on his way to being an immortal player at an early juncture in his career. It's remarkable what Mahomes has accomplished. It really is in every way. But when you tell the story of this game, yes, you think about what Mahomes did, driving him to the tying field goal at 153 and two timeouts. But remember, Kansas City held so they got that field goal. Kansas City forced the defense forced the kick instead of letting them run out time and kick it with no time on the clock. If that had happened, Mahomes never would have seen the field again and it would have been a three-point win for the Niners in regulation time. The defense didn't allow that. Didn't allow them to score in big spots. Didn't allow them to score in overtime. And that was the difference. Defense, special teams, getting turnovers on special teams, getting a good game from the punter, who averaged 50.8 on five punts and downed a couple inside the 20. Niners did a good game with their special teams except missing the extra point. Kicked a couple of long field goals. Their punter was good also. Butka, who's one of the really clutch kickers, four field goals, including a 57-yarder, including one to send the game into overtime. Another wonderful game for him as one of the great clutch kickers now in the history of the sport. He has done a remarkable, remarkable job. And so are the Chiefs. So the Chiefs, 25, 22 winners in overtime in a game that, hey, gave you a lot of thrills, a lot of excitement if it wasn't always played at the highest of levels. It was sloppy at times, and there was some mistakes at times, but the bottom line is these were two good teams that had their opportunities tonight, and the Chiefs wound up on top behind their MVP quarterback who has a knack of winning these games. No team in recent memory, no team in recent memory has traveled a better road than the Chiefs have. They beat both one seeds. They beat the Bills on the road. They beat a Baltimore team that was probably the most talented team physically in the league this year on the road. And they beat the Niners from behind, from 10 points behind. And in all of Mahomes' championship wins, he's come from behind. He came from 2010 down in the fourth quarter to beat the Niners four years ago, 31 to 20, and he came from 10 nothing down and 10-3 at the half to beat the Niners 
and trailed in the fourth quarter and had to come back in the final two minutes and get a game-tying field goal, force overtime, and then get the winning score when he went down a field goal in overtime. So the pressure was on every single step of the way, and he answered, as he always seems to do. He has now become one of the great winners in the history of this league. And the Chiefs will try to see if they can do something which has not been done in the Super Bowl age. Three straight championships. Andy Reid is going nowhere. About to sign a contract extension. Mahomes is going nowhere. Kelsey, who has obviously moved into the stratosphere with the Taylor Swift situation, is going nowhere. But the Chiefs will be back. And they have become as dominant as dominant can be in this era. Six straight trips to the AFC title game. Four trips to the Super Bowl. Three victories. That is an impressive score. Your emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Right, emails, Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. I said if you send some in after the game this evening, I would uh, get to uh, as many as I can. I'll get to a couple here. Let me go. Uh, here we go. Doug starts us off. Uh, will Andy Reid finally be recognized as a, an all-time great? You know, I've been, if you follow my show back to the days of the fan, you know I've always been a big Andy Reid proponent, was when he was with the Eagles. He used to come on with me all the time. I've always considered him a friend. Um, you know, he had the habit that a lot of guys have where he won a lot, but he didn't win the big one. He lost some title games. NFC title games. He lost a tough Super Bowl to the Pats. The bottom line is he was really, really close. Really, really close. And now, when you realize he was 21 years, 21 years before he won a Super Bowl, a head coach. 21 years. And now he's got three. And yes, when you look at the guys who have three, you're talking about the big names. Obviously, you got Belichick, and you got Noel, who has four. And then you have the guys like Walsh and Gibbs. Hey, rarefied air. Rarefied air. And now Andy Reid has three. He also has 26 postseason wins. Only Belichick has more in this era when there's more games. And he's already the fifth winningest coach of all time. So, yes, he's already now. I said immortality. This game launched Andy and Mahomes into the realm of immortals. Rarified air. Marty, what's your take on Purdy moving forward? Um, I didn't think Purdy was great. I didn't think he was bad. I thought he made some plays. I thought they got away from the run a little bit too early in the game. I think that has been a problem Shanahan has. And I think he got away from it a little early today. I thought Purdy showed you he can run that offense. He did not, have, he did not find the pool too deep. I thought he handled pressure well. He easily could have been a winner tonight. He wasn't. He went up against an all-time great in Mahomes. And he lost. But you know what? 
He did fine. This game will hold him in good stead. Fred, is Mahomes now in the conversation with the all-time greats? Yes. Three titles, three Super Bowl MVPs. You're talking about, obviously, Tom. You're talking about Joe Montana. Okay? Who is the greatest Super Bowl quarterback of all time because his statistics in the Super Bowl were untouchable. He never lost. He never threw an interception. And his quarterback rating is 30 points higher than anybody's in history. But Mahomes now ranks, and he has been a great underdog quarterback. Michael, Roma gets a lot of grief these days. Why is that? You know, it's funny. Romo got the whole Romo, Romo, uh, Romo Damas, you know, for Nostradamus, the Romo Damas early on. And he was ahead of the plays and he was calling the plays. And then a little of that caught up with him. And he developed what happens. You go from being really popular early because you like the new flavor and then all of a sudden, when you have all this success, everyone wants to drag you down. See, early on, they wanted to pat him on the back and build him up. And when he got big and he made a lot of money, then they all want to attack him. So now it's popular to attack him. Has he gotten into a couple of bad habits a couple of times? Does he get a little too talky sometimes? Yes. Does he say a, lot of, a couple of goofy things now and again? Yes. But you know what? He's fine. He's different than the others, but he's fine. And I think he's gone through a little bit of a tough time right now. And like I said, when it happens, it's not all fair. Some of it's fair. Some of it's not. But it's all subjective. It's criticism. So, you know, with announcers, you're going to like some of the styles. You're going to not like some of the styles. It's the same thing with talk show hosts. Not everybody's going to love every talk show host. Believe it or not, over these many, many years, there's even one or two of you that find fault with me at times. You know, it's hard to believe, but it's true. But seriously, hey, it happens, okay? And Romo's gone through a little bit of that. Now, as we put a finishing touch on this season, and then before you know it, we'll be getting into college basketball, the NBA, and everything else. We're talking about the first Saturday in May. We hope to have a horse near and dear to our heart maybe find his way into that race, but that's a story for a better day. We have to wait for that. I live with a future broadcaster who has a good deal of ability. He's still very young. I mean, he hasn't even graduated high school yet. Um... He does his own podcast, and he does a good job, if I do say so, but I'm, you know, a proud papa, so you got to expect that. I try to be objective about it. But what you probably know if you follow him, and if you follow Harrison, you know that Jack's my twin with my daughter, Emily, and Jack is the football player, and Harrison's the broadcaster, and... Harrison is also a lunatic, and I do mean a lunatic chief fan. 
Now, he's not, to be fair, a fair-weather Chief fan. He became a Chief fan before the Chiefs got good, before Mahomes even got there. So he isn't a fair-weather fan, but he has still, to his friends, become a little bit of an obnoxious fan because he's very passionate about it. And they win all the time. So his, fan, his friends get they, they all get mad about it because they keep finding a way to win. Well, whatever they're fans of, whether they're his buddy Santino is a Cowboy fan or his other buddy's a Giant fan or his other buddy's a you know, fan of some other team and the, might even have a Jet fan. I don't know if he knows any Jet fans. He might. But the bottom line is he's a died and crazy, crazy Chief fan. And I have been with him. Now, I've told this story a couple times, I think. Years ago, we were down in Florida with Chiefs and Niners. And I had four tickets, so I said, I'll take Julio, who is a huge Niner fan, and I got to talk to Julio in the morning because this was a tough loss for Julio tonight, I'm sure, because uh, he's a diet, just crazy Niner fan, as you know. Now, took Julio, took Jack, who's a Falcon fan, who was still trying to you know, deal with his own issues with the Falcons. But took Harrison and myself to go to the game. Now, Harrison was down in our house in Florida at the time. And my wife didn't really want me to take him to the game because he was burning up. He actually had like serious flu and he had like 102 and a half temperature. And she's like, you can't take him to the game. I'm like, oh, you know, listen, he's young. What can happen to him? I'll pack him up in the car. Okay. And I watch as, so I give Jack and Ha the seats in front of us, about 10 rows in front of where Julio and I are sitting. And the Niners are winning and look like they're on their way to a win. And Ha is bundled up in four coats in Florida weather, shivering and, and playing the role and not saying a word and living through this terrible ordeal. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, here comes the rally. It starts with this bomb to Hill. Remember Tyreek was there then. And next thing you know, they score, they score, they score. And with each big chief play and each touchdown, another coat comes off. Now he's swinging the coats over his head in the seats and standing on top of the chairs in the final minutes as the Chiefs go on to a 31-20 win and all he wants to do is give Julio a hard time. That's what I've lived with. Tonight, he was in the rarest of forms. He was nuts. I was pacing myself at the end of the game when the Chiefs got the first down. They're down three in overtime. And the next thing you know is I see him come sliding past my office on the floor, screaming. We had some folks over, and they think he's a complete lunatic. He's screaming and yelling at the officials, at his sister, at who's there rooting for Taylor Swift, but getting him angrier by the minute. And he's screaming his head off. So I said, hey, let me finish up this season by 
letting you come on the podcast and, you know, revel in your third win, which is more than anybody should have. Winning a Super Bowl every five years or so is a very nice thing for any football fan. Getting one every decade should keep you at least in the ballgame. Okay, if you don't go once in 20 years, it's tough. He's won three in four years. He's been to six straight AFC title games. And it's gotten crazy. So I don't know if he has any voice left this evening. Because he did his podcast earlier. All right. Now that you've had a couple of minutes to digest this and hopefully quiet it down, <laughs> how about this victory? Where does this rank with your other chief wins? I would say it's second. I say the, I, I'd say the 49ers one was definitely the best because I was there. And this is second. I would say the Eagles one is, is not as good as this one. I'd say this is, the, this is because it's back-to-back, it's definitely second. At half, they get the field goal. Mm-hmm. It was 10 nothing. We both thought they needed to score before the half. Yeah. They kicked the field goal. We had to sit through Usher, which, listen, I'm not an Usher fan. The ending wasn't terrible. I, I didn't love the show. I mean, I know nothing about Usher, so I'll leave it to someone who does. Yeah, I don't know much about him either. So, I mean, I'm waiting for the second half to start, and I'm thinking the Chiefs are okay. But the third quarter starts terribly. Yeah. And now they look like they're in some trouble. So, with that, I was... I thought they definitely had a had a pretty solid chance going into half just because of that. So they, so they get the field goal. They go into half. But the entire first half, they had the fumble in the, in the red zone. They had the Mahomes horrible pick. And they just had a lot of mistakes that I thought they would clear up in the second half and these turnovers that I didn't think they would get. Plus, they have like, t- some terrible penalties. So even though they got stopped in the beginning of the third quarter – I was a little down at that point, but I saw the Chiefs' defense start to take over the game in the third quarter, and Brock Purdy went three and out multiple times in a row. So I was like, if Brock Purdy starts getting scared and just starts showing he's not an experienced quarterback in these kind of games and lets the Chiefs' defense dominate him the entire second half, I thought we had it in the bag. Well, I think the – listen, Mahomes did some really good things. All right? he the, made, especially at the end there. He made some big runs. Mm-hmm. Okay, He made some big throws. He did some really nice things, both in driving it for the tying field goal and then getting the touchdown in overtime. And that's where he shows you what he's made of, no question. But I thought this game was held together for a very, very long time by this Chiefs defense. And this Chiefs defense, what a run in the playoffs. They were there in the fourth quarter against Buffalo. They somehow held it together against the Baltimore team that kicked their rear end in the second half, and they did it again tonight. So this Chiefs defense and a lot of those unsung guys on that defense did a great – we all know how good Jones is, and he's a free agent. Well, the thing but with them is – their young guys were great. Yeah. They really were. Well, the thing with them is, is – so one of the most underrated players on the Chiefs defense is Carl Aftis. He actually tied – Chris Jones with sacks this year with ten and a half, and he had two and a half in the playoffs. So he's been getting them in big games. He played a, he played a pretty solid game tonight. But the guys it really is is it's McDuffie and Snead. They've been the they've been the best in the league against guarding number one receivers. And Ayuk and Debo Samuel combined for probably I think it was ninety yards tonight. 
And so they shut them down completely. You saw Jennings get a couple big plays, but that was because Brock Purdy could not throw at McDuffie or Snead because it was getting batted. And they and they showed that all night, and they stuck with them all night, which was great. And they shut down, and they kind of went away from the run game a little bit, the 49ers. So they didn't, they didn't give the ball to McCaffrey as much as I thought they would, which made it very hard for Brock Purdy, who missed a couple throws, but still just couldn't go to his main targets. We saw them get crushed by the Raiders, embarrassed by the Raiders. Yeah. National TV. Really beat up. Never looked like that before. Christmas. Did you think they would come back and do this from there? Well, I said that when I did that episode after that, when I did my episode after that week. Uh, I said that that wasn't them because I thought at that point they had the division pretty much locked up, and they also had injuries, and they just weren't. I didn't think that they were – they, they, they had it in their mind that they really wanted that game as much as they wanted a playoff game like this. So I thought that that was what I just called it a fluke game. I said those, those games against the Packers that they played and that game against the Raiders, I thought that's a regular season game at the end of the season where you have your division locked up, whether you know it or not. They all thought it because the rest of their division was terrible this year. And every other team had injuries or conflicts on the team. So I thought that was just a game that they thought they could throw away, and there just wasn't motivation to win that game. So I thought they were definitely not the same team that they were in that game. All right, they've won back-to-back, which hadn't been done in two decades. They've won three in four years. Mm-hmm. Mahomes has been in the AFC title game six times in his career already. Yeah. He's already won three Super Bowls. You've won three in four years here. I mean, that's obnoxious. This is like Patriot obnoxious now. Yeah. Is enough enough, or... Are you like Kelsey and you're like thirsting for that uh, three-peat? Well, here's where I am with them. We, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl this year with one of the worst wide receiving cores I've ever seen. They have a rookie who is still on rookie contracts. So you don't have to pay him for the next few years. And with a, and then they have MVS and Hardman, who they got mid-season. So they, they were with one of the worst receiving cores I've seen. They led the league in drops by a good margin. So... Plus, the defense is young besides Chris Jones. I think if you sign Chris Jones again and you focus on the offensive line, they'll be better than they are this year. He's a free agent. You know, he's going to be right at the top of somebody's list. He's it's going, going to be, be hard very to keep hard him. to resign. Very hard to resign. You know, they had to let Hill walk. They might have to let him walk this year, and that's going to be a hard guy to let walk because he has been an absolute major factor in all your championships. Mm-hmm. He has done a tremendous job. I think the only way that the Chiefs get worse than they were this year is if he walks, because besides Mahomes and Kelsey, I mean, Pacheco, you don't have to pay yet, and a lot of those guys on defense that have been great, like Karlaftis, Snead, and McDuffie, also you don't and have to Rice, pay. And Rice, you don't have to pay yet. Yeah, either. and Rice, I said that before. That's what I was talking about with the receiving core. So there's no really big guys you have to pay yet, plus Creed, you don't have to pay yet, and Thunio didn't even play this game. So... I would say if you can get Jones back and draft an offensive lineman or two and see, hopefully they can pick it up, like the guy, Juwan Taylor, is just ridiculous. Your oh, tackles were bad again, really bad tonight. But Juwan Taylor is just a, a, a liability on the team. Well, you know, the both tackles had a lot of trouble tonight, but they did a good job, the uh, nine with their defensive front. Yeah. But you found Green a law. way. you found a way to get around it late in the game, and that's what Mahomes yeah. does. He finds a way to get around it, whether it's with the run, whatever it may be. He had a couple of huge runs, the run for fourth yeah. on fourth down, which was an easy first down conversion, the run that set up the score. I mean, he had so many big runs in big spots, and he has such a knack 
from making plays. That's what it is. It's a knack. He has that same knack that Montana had. He has that same instinct and feel that Montana had, and that's as high a compliment as you can pay anybody. Uh, He actually reminds me of Montana a little bit in that, you know, he's got a better arm than Montana, Mm -hmm. but Montana had this instinct where he just – he just always made the right play. And Mahomes makes some – he makes more mistakes than Montana did. Yeah. But – He makes more better plays. He makes a lot of big plays. And he's there when it's on the line, and there's nothing else you can say. He's a great, great, great player. I but, think that when it, come, when it comes to Mahomes especially running today, I think the reason he ran so much was because after the Pacheco fumble – he really, you can see the way Pacheco runs. Yeah, he, if you watch a lot of Chiefs games. He lost his you can, confidence. You can see Pacheco runs, the way I describe it, is he runs like the earth has wronged him. And he didn't run with that ferocity that he usually no. runs with today after that fumble. He was worried about the he ball. He was holding the ball so much. And he almost fumbled twice. Yeah, we, on, we only saw that at the end on that last drive in overtime when he really got going again. So I think Mahomes said he had to take the run game into his own hands. You saw the option that he read Bosa like a book on where he just went right by him for 20 yards. You saw the fourth one in one play. He said, I'm not giving it to Pacheco. Pacheco's gotten stopped a couple of times. I'm going to take it myself. And those are just the Mahomes plays that he thinks he needs to win himself championships. So you could see what he was thinking on that fourth and one play, where it was an option where either he had to run it or he'd pitch it to Kelsey. That's the kind of guys that you want to give it to when it really counts. So he saw what you saw what he thinks is reliable on the team. Well, listen, we had company tonight, and they think you're a complete madman. So you're going to have to, like, you know, send out notes of apology for your behavior because you were completely, absolutely nuts in the second half of this game. I mean, a stalk-raving lunatic running up and down the halls. Well, that, that's just how it works in those games. It's... When they make mistakes, you gotta get upset with them, and then, and then when they when they do well, you can run up and down the house like a crazy person and cheer. He did. And, and who was the first call to Santino? So Santino was he was chirping me. So halftime, he goes, "What happened to Mahomes was gonna beat Purdy?" And then third quarter, he goes, "It's time to go get to go, time to go sip the coffee in the kitchen. The game's over." I'm just I said to him back. I said to him back one word. I'm waiting. I said about two words. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And fourth quarter comes around. Now he's nervous. He's texting me. He's like, wait. And I'm like, I've been waiting. And overtime comes. Chiefs win. I send a message. I said, what do you know about Jarius Need? What do you know about Trent McDuffie? What do you know about the Kansas City Chiefs? And, you know, he wasn't too, he wasn't too pleased. I mean, the last time, the Gi- he's a Giants fan. I mean, here's the thing with my friends is... I got friends that are, most of my friends, I can categorize them into three teams. They either like the Giants, the Jets, or the Cowboys. Right. The Cowboys haven't won since they were alive. They haven't won since, what, the 90s? A long time. Since, uh, yeah, since that yeah. 90s. Yeah. And then the Jets haven't won forever. Right. And the Giants won, but when they won, they were about five or six. So, maybe even before that. So, they don't really remember that stuff too much, or even if they do, it's not, like, recent and they've struggled recently. So they get to see me, who every, every couple, every, I mean, three out, three out of four years is just, hey, we're winning again. So, I mean, they're kind of fed up with me. Yeah, very much so. All right, enjoy. Thank you. And uh, the podcast is 
uh, the Harrison Francesa podcast. I have to give it a plug here. Ahead of uh, the game. Ahead of the game uh, with your buddy Joe. Who so, is not likable that much. Uh, right. He's a basketball player. He's actually... If, if you heard him about the Knicks, you'd be, you'd be thinking I'm a, I'm a sane person. He's one of the uh, better basketball players on Long Island for high school. Uh, great shooter. And he does the podcast with Has. So they'll be jubilant uh, in their uh, next podcast as Has won another championship with the Chiefs. And it's getting a little nauseating because the house is full of Chiefs stuff. So. And the Knicks haven't won since... Yes, we know. All right. We'll see you. Congratulations. And Thank folks, uh, we'll be making the transition now from uh, NFL, though we're never out of the NFL completely, into everything else. So we'll talk to you soon as we hit the uh, crazy days of March and March Madness, which is right around the corner. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.